This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Tuesday, April 8th. And this is Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, still hunkered down in the bunker here in Marietta, Georgia, for what is now week four of our new and hopefully soon-to-end dystopian reality. As has been the case since the onset of this coronavirus crisis, I'm going to continue focusing on conversations with those in the franchise world who are bringing us information weekly about how they're dealing with this major life disruption, and as well, information to hopefully help you do the same. For the time being, the normal front of the house and birthday greetings will stay parked on the sidelines until COVID goes into regression and life as we've known it before this game-changing virus begins to return. I want to take just a minute or two to thank Steve Jackson for joining us last week and walking us through his storied career at the helm of 550-unit pizza carryout and delivery chain, Hungry Howie's. So, here we are. It's week four, and the experts tell us that the apex is approaching, that time when we may hopefully turn the corner and see the numbers begin to decline of those afflicted with and falling victim to this lethal micro Organism. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Dr. John Hayes, the Titus Professor for Franchise Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University's esteemed Rinker School of Business. John has been hosting a series of webinars this past week, bringing together industry experts, franchisors, franchisees, and suppliers to talk through some of the implications of COVID-19 on our businesses, our employees, customers, and clientele. He'll bring us up to date on all of that and more and tell us how we may access his library of recorded knowledge. The IFA as well has been posting up several webinars confronting several aspects of this as well, and those recordings can be found at the IFA website at franchise.org. So, just ahead of hearing from Dr. John Hayes, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Stan Friedman here with a word about Transitive, an amazing marketing platform that actually delivers what others can only imagine, accurate, dependable results that are second to none. All right, without getting too deep into the weeds, Transitive connects franchisees' customer data from all sources providing high-octane fuel for their marketing engines. They then deploy machine learning. Yes, artificial intelligence, which identifies various customer traits and habits, attributes that would otherwise likely go unnoticed, and it segments these customers into groups. This is important because, as we know, not all customers provide your franchisees with equal dollar value. But wouldn't it be great if they could easily identify who's who? Well, that's exactly what Transitive does. And what's more, it then accurately drives the appropriate offers to each of those customer groups, delivering specific personalized messages to each of the group's customers. Just like that, your franchisees are engaged in laser-focused target marketing, delivering them much more bang for the buck. You've got to see it to believe it. So what are you waiting for? Order up a demo today and tell them I sent you. Find them online at www.transitive.io. That's www.transitive.io. 
Dr. John Hayes is a veteran franchise practitioner and educator, and since August of 2017, he's been the Titus Chair for Franchise Leadership and Director of the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Dr. Hayes has experienced franchising from all vantage points as a franchisor, franchisee, and supplier, the perfect trifecta of experience, if you will. He's an accomplished speaker, author, educator, and executive, but most of all, a terrific guy and a treasured friend. Dr. John Hayes, welcome back to Franchise Today. Well, thank you, Stan. It's a pleasure to be with you again. I wish we were here to talk about other things today, but I think that you've been an inspiration to a great many people that see lemons and you see lemonade. So maybe it's a good time to talk to you today that we can lift some people up with some creative ideas and thinking and some inspiration. John, you know, everybody's hearing over the last two years about the Titus Franchise Center. Explain to the audience exactly what that is and what it means to be the Titus Professor for Franchise Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. All right, great. Thank you. Well, we are based in West Palm Beach, Florida, so that's a huge uh, benefit right there. People like to, once they discover Palm Beach Atlantic University, small university, about 4,000 students, students with a very good business school right along the uh, intracoastal in West Palm Beach. So it's kind of place that if you like sunshine and you like water and you like access to it year round, this is the place to come and study. Uh, we have um, a, a great business school and getting better because we are seeking AACSB accreditation which is the, is the highest accreditation that any business school can have in the world. Only about 5% of business schools achieve that accreditation. We're close to it. It'll still take us a, another couple of years, but working on that. And in that, uh, in that school, we offer the business degrees that you would expect to find, like in management and in marketing and in international business. But we also offer a concentration in franchising. And that's what the Titus Center for Franchising provides. A concentration is not a major, not a minor. It's 12 hours in a concentrated area. In this case, it's franchising. And so by doing this, by offering this concentration in franchising, we're educating the next franchise generation. We have students who, of course, they don't know anything about franchising when they first hear about it, as it was the case for many of us, didn't know what franchising was about. But once they start to understand a little bit about it, then uh, I recruit them into my classes and they complete the concentration. They get their regular degree, whether it's marketing or management, international business, finance or accounting, and they can then earn a concentration in franchising, which goes on their transcript. It's unique. Nobody else does this any place in the world that I know of. Could be wrong about that. Correct me if I am. Anybody who, who knows better. It goes on their transcript and it says to particularly franchisors, multi-unit franchisees as well, and even single-unit franchisees have hired our students for internships. It says to them, well, this is an applicant graduating with a marketing degree or whatever it might be, but they also know about franchising. And that's a huge advantage, as you know, Stan, to anybody who works in franchising. If you can hire someone who understands what a disclosure document is and not only knows that it exists, but they can even tell you about some of the items in the disclosure document. People have actually done internships at franchise companies. This becomes a more valuable employee. So I often say to the students, you can graduate with a degree, business degree, international business, marketing, management, whatever it might be. And uh, there are going to be tens of thousands of others who have that same degree and maybe a better GPA than you. And maybe they're going to get hired 
for you. But if you have the concentration in franchising and franchise companies understand, those employers understand what that means, that you have a background in franchising, probably they understand franchising as well as an entry-level franchisee, maybe even better, because lots of times entry-level franchisees haven't really read a disclosure document, and my students have read disclosure documents. Uh, so they know franchising fairly well, and uh, they can dig right in whether you hire them for your marketing or you hire them for operations or training or your finance or legal division or your international division, they're prepared for that. And they're looking for that kind of a career, which when they actually came to college originally, they didn't know that career even existed. That's a piece of what we do on the business education side. We also provide more and more training and programs that are for people who are already in franchising. So the franchise professional, including the certified franchise executives who can come to us and get credit toward their renewal of their CFE or if they're just getting the CFE for the first time. And uh, then other uh, free programs, some that do cost money. We also teach uh, at the graduate level. Uh, I don't have a concentration yet at the graduate level, but looks like there will be interest in that. We have a small graduate school where students can earn an MBA or they can earn a, a graduate degree with a concentration in, in marketing, for example, but not yet in franchising. But there are requests for that. We have a relationship with a, uh, a, a company based in Bahrain that uh, hopefully post-pandemic, we will pick up our conversation again and we will schedule training that was going to occur this past March, but uh, got delayed for one reason or another. And uh, we'll be postponing that, but we'll offer our education and franchising outside the United States as well. John, I think that you, you brought something back to uh, the forefront of my memory that I'd forgotten about. But years ago, when I was an executive at Blimpy and I had gotten a promotion to a new position and had to replace myself in the regional management position that I was in, I hired somebody that I thought on paper was the ultimate best. I couldn't have found better than this guy. He had a tremendous amount of fast food experience. He had a tremendous amount of convenience store experience. And we had a lot of non-traditional locations. And he brought brought all of this talent and experience to us, but he was on the corporate side of life and food. He was not on the franchise side, and it was a train wreck. It was a train wreck because he was used to yeah. telling people what to do. He didn't understand yeah. the franchise relationship. So when you talk about the FDD and the value of your students knowing how to read an FDD, I say to you, it goes a whole lot further than that, my friend, and you're doing a great thing for our mm -hmm. business model, getting these students ready. You. you know, you've made a liar out of me, Dr. Hayes. I want to tell you that because every week I start this podcast. And I, I say to my guests each week that franchising is an unintentional model for doing business, that nobody studies to go into franchising and, and decides to do it with intention and purpose. Franchising tends to find us with what you're mm -hmm. doing now. How many cases are there out there of people who are intentional in franchising? So I have about 30 students who are involved in learning about franchising and plan to earn the concentration. And that number continues to uh, increase as we go along. And so you're not totally a liar because okay, good. They, they didn't come in <laughs> knowing about franchising. They didn't know that there was a model. Franchising is finding them because uh, I spend a lot of my time recruiting the freshman class. When they get into introduction to business, that's when I can go tell them, you know, business is the great discipline to study. And whether you're marketing or management or finance, they're great opportunities. But the challenges are huge as well. And the up curve, particularly for these uh, Generation Z uh, who come after the millennials, 
They have a different lifestyle, different ideas about work, how work fits into their lifestyle. You and I had to make our lifestyle fit into our work. They don't see it that way. So franchising is perfect for them. And by the way, probably it sounds like I'm training employees, but I'm not. 97% of my students plan to become a franchisee. Two or three already are franchisees. One is a franchisor with Ray Titus. He came up with an idea. He discussed it at one of our advisory board meetings. You may have been there. Ray heard it. Ray captured him and said, what's that about? And uh, he and this 19-year-old became partners. Michael Gardner is the student. And Michael said to me, can you find out if I'm the world's youngest franchisor? I don't know if he is or not, but we say that he is until somebody else comes along. What's the concept that they're franchising? Uh, Outsourcing services for business. It's called ROI, but I can't tell you what each of those letters stands for at the moment. Mm -hmm. not return on investment, but it's something that implies that. And they've been in a test mode because Ray has about 10 brands and he brought Michael in to start proving the system and building the system for ROI. So they started doing outsourcing for UFG company. I knew very quickly that, well, if we can do this for Sinorama or we can do this for Transworld Business Advisors, brands of UFG, we can do this for thousands of other businesses as well. So that's in the work. Uh, so these students, and, and most of them will say, not only do they want to become a franchisee, they want to be multi-unit or multi-concept franchisees. And so they're thinking big as well. Well, that's great. And I'm, I'm really proud to hear that. I had no idea that there was actually a yeah. franchise or coming out of the program. So for the purposes of just backfill, what is the definition of being the tightest professor professor for franchise leadership? Well, when you have an endowed program, and what we have is a center of excellence, there are five or six of them at Palm Beach Atlantic University, and the tightest center for franchising is considered a center of excellence. But it's an endowed center uh, because it has a primary benefactor, being Ray Titus in this case, who gave the university about three years ago a million and a half dollars to launch this program. You could have a center that just does a non-academic programming, but if you have a center that offers for credit academic programming, so you've got to go along with AACSB for accreditation. If you're an accredited university, you can't just offer a class. You've got to have a professor with certain credentials, a certain rank, who understands the subject matter and has some possession of that subject matter. And then you have to build a course with a syllabus that meets the accreditation criteria. And in order for that to be done, you need a professor. In this case, I'm a full professor, but because I run a center as well, I have a nice title rather than just a professor title or associate professor title. In this case, because it's an endowed program, I have the Titus professor title. That's what that's all about. And so that brings us full circle for the backstory in terms of helping fill the audience in. And it brings us to the place where my interviews usually start. And that is, if you're not Ray Titus or AJ Titus, and you're not born into franchising as I said, franchising has always tended to find us. So, Professor, help the audience understand where your inflection point was that you and franchising came to find each other. Yeah, it's really a story that uh, I love telling because it it says that anyone who's listening who knows nothing about franchising as well, there could be an opportunity out there for you that you never imagined. My plan was always to be a newspaper writer, and I'm glad that that didn't happen because I probably wouldn't have a job today with 
so few newspapers. But I loved journalism. That's what I studied in college, and that's what I thought I, I would do. But I, I went from newspapers to magazines to books in a natural progression, but never thinking. I thought I could probably write a newspaper article uh, every day, maybe two or three a day. But I didn't know if I could write magazine articles or books. And over time, I learned how to do that. And then Kent State University, where I got my bachelor's and master's degree in Ohio, they offered me an opportunity to come in as an instructor and teach basic uh, journalism courses at a branch campus. And so then I discovered what I really love is teaching. I love writing, but if you can combine, you make no money in either one. So, you know, unless you become a really big uh, name writer and until you become a professor, there's not much money in higher education. But the combination of the two was great. And I ended up at Temple University where I was the head of the magazine writing program in the 1970s. And I got a call. The university asked me to teach a professional education course of my liking. And I said, yeah, I want to teach a course called How to Write a Book to Promote Your Business. And they said, oh, that sounds great. Is it a popular course? Did you do it in Ohio? I said, no, I've never taught it and I've never really done it, but I know that's the future. I know that's what people should do. So I want to teach that. Well, the short story here is nobody signed up for the class, but three people contacted the university and said, could you have John Hayes contact me because I have a book. I just can't come on the Saturday that he's offering that course. I got something else going on. And I was disappointed because I was going to get all of $65 to teach that professional education course on a Saturday morning. So I was disappointed about that. I thought, ah, these three people, they're not really interested in doing this. But for some reason, I I picked up the phone and I gradually called all three of them. I wrote books with all three of them to promote their business. And one of them was a guy whose name was John Kinch. And he said, I'm a franchisor in Wilmington, Delaware. And I was lost right there at franchisor. I'd never heard that word. And I initially, I said to Mr. Kinch, who had a business called Trimark, which was cooperative direct mail advertising, which was even worse than franchising. What was that? <laughs> well, you get an envelope at home that has a bunch of coupons in it. That's what Trimark was doing. And he had sold 50 franchises at $10,000 each, said he should have 500. And if he had a book instead of a brochure, he was sure he could sell more franchises. And me, not being so smart, <laughs> said, hey, I, I don't think anybody wants to read about cooperative direct mail <laughs> And they sure don't want to read about, what was that word, Fran, Fran something? So I turned him down. Until I realized I went to the card catalog of the library. I always laugh when I tell the students they have no clue what that is. So I have to show them how I looked up under the F to see how many books had been written about franchising. And in 1979, no one had written a book about franchising except a uh, chair of the International Franchise Association uh, had written a little booklet on how to franchise your business but no book on what franchising is or how to buy a franchise. I called Mr. Kinch. I apologized. I said, listen, the book is about franchising, what it is, how to buy one. And that's how I wrote Franchising the Inside Story. And in those days, I would write a book for $10,000. So I wrote these three books that came to me, paid $10,000. And actually, I made more than that because I got involved in the promotion of the book. But usually, I would write the book and look for the next book. I wasn't interested in in doing any of these uh, things that I was writing about. It was the job, the opportunity was the writing. But with franchising, I interviewed 100 people with a lot of help from the International Franchise Association. I interviewed franchisors, franchisees, lawyers, uh, people who were uh, 
suppliers to franchising, mostly franchisees, to get their stories. And I was fascinated. I thought I had no business background. I thought, wow, I could pay. His, his franchise fee was $10,000. I could own a territory of Trimark. I could go around and knock on doors and sell the pizza guy and the uh, shoeshine guy and the uh, dry cleaner and so forth. I could sell them a coupon package. And I'd be in my own business. And then I discovered, well, wait a minute, there, there's whole lots of other franchises that people don't even know exist, opportunities that you might really want to do. So I got excited about franchising. And as I promoted that book, and I got paid to promote the book, but I was on programs like your program, uh, I would be interviewed about franchising. And so people who think that Trump invented fake news, well, I got news for you, the real news. Back in the early 80s when that book came out, now keep in mind, I never ran a franchise company, did work for a franchise company, didn't own a franchise company. All I knew was what 100 people told me about franchising, and I wrote it in about six months' time. But every time I would be interviewed, the announcer, the, the host would say, stay tuned after the break. We've got the world authority on franchising talking to you. <laughs> and I would laugh and think, wow, if it only takes 100 interviews and six months of writing to be an authority, a world authority, I'm going to become a world authority in lots of other things. But people would then call me after hearing the interview and they would say, do you write operations manuals? <laughs> Truly, I didn't know what an operations manual was at the time, but I needed the money. And yeah, if you'll pay me, I'll write your operations manual. But even better, people would say, we need a monthly newsletter to go to our franchisees. Could you help us do that? And then I got invited. My first speech was to uh, Hawaii, to Honolulu, to go to the annual meeting of a franchise company and, and talk to the franchisees about this great, wonderful system that they already bought into called franchising. And so uh, within a matter of a few years, everything I was doing was franchising, speaking, writing, training. And suddenly I found myself smack dab in the middle of a franchising that I just a few years before didn't even know existed. So then I went on and, and said, you know, I really need some credibility. So I better buy a franchise with somebody. And I did that several times with partners. And then ultimately, I uh, was on the board of the Dwyer Group, which is now Neighborly. And then I was on the board of Homevestors of America, the We Buy Ugly Houses company based in Dallas. Founder and I became very good friends. I did a lot of consulting, owned one of their franchises, got on their board. And then unfortunately, he got cancer and he died. He asked me to succeed him as the CEO. So I've been a franchisor. Uh, we had about 265 franchisees at the time. I've been a franchisee a number of times. And of course, I've been working with franchise companies all over the world uh, for a long, long time, for about 40 years that I've been, been involved. And so that's how uh, the accident occurred for me. That franchising introduced itself to me, and I said, "Wow, this is this is the way to go." And here I am as the Titus Professor in West Palm Beach, and nearing, you know, I'm now closer to the end of my career than the beginning. But what a terrific career franchising has given to me, and I am so grateful. That first book was written in what year? Franchising the Inside Story came out in I think originally eighty eighty one, and then and that was a self published by uh, Kinch. He because he had a printing plant for couponing. He said I, I know how to print a book, and so he did his own version in hardcover. But then the book was picked up about a year or so after it was already out. It was picked up by a 
New York publisher, and that really helped get it out there and built my career. And, you know, my initial premise, write a book to promote your business. Well, I didn't know I was going to do that for <laughs> myself, but that's what I ended up doing. And John, so now we've given the audience the backstory. We've kind of created your bona fides here. As for the rest of today's discussion, what we're going to do is take a quick break. And when we come back from that break, I want to dive into today's dilemma that we as a society are facing. It's, this is not a local problem and it's not a franchise problem. It's a problem that we all are facing, but I want to view it through the eyes of someone like yourself. You've got some perspective and over the course of this past week, the Palm Beach Atlantic University Titus Franchise Center has hosted a series of webinars that I want you to talk about and help the audience understand that the perspectives that you're sharing today are both through the eyes and the experiences that you've had over the past week with not a couple, but with hundreds of people in the franchise community from almost every compass point available. So let's take this quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. John Hayes. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And we are back with Dr. John Hayes, Titus Professor for Franchise Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. John, tell us a little bit about these webinars and some of what your gut tells you from all of the information that filtered through you during the series of webinars for franchisors and suppliers as well this past week. Well, I can tell you, Stan, that franchisors, particularly the seasoned people, understand that we're going to be okay. They're sure we're going to be okay. We're going to work through this problem. Nobody has control. Only God is in control of this situation. We don't have control. Nobody has any answers. So no one is saying, well, we'll be back on whatever date. Nobody's doing that. But we know whether it takes weeks or months or a year, we know that we're coming back as a country and we're certainly coming back in franchising. And one of the things that we also know about franchising historically is that when times are difficult and people don't have jobs, that's when they tend to have that accidental occurrence in their life when someone says to them, have you considered investing in a franchise? And that's their introduction to franchising. Well, that's it's happening now because we have unprecedented unemployment. People are now worried about what am I going to do once the pandemic is over and I get a vaccine or it's okay to get back out into the working world, will my job be there? Or in many cases, people will say, I don't even want that job. I was sick of that job. 
I'd like to do something else, but will I be able to find something without having to go back to school? And one of the great things about franchising, many of the of the best known franchise brands were started by people who not only didn't have a college education, they didn't have a high school education. And franchising prides itself on saying to someone who becomes a franchisee, we're not as worried, we're not as concerned about what you know as we are about what you want to do and about your willingness to learn because come to our university, come to our college, and we will teach you in a matter of weeks how to operate a business under our brand and how to start building your own personal wealth and creating your own lifestyle with a business that you'll love, that you wanted to be in this kind of a business, but you didn't know how. So franchisors see this happening. Not to say that there aren't a lot of fearful people and a lot of people who are just looking for hope and inspiration. But a guy like Ray Titus, born into franchising with his father being the founder of Minuteman Press. Ray comes out of college and his father says, you need to do something. You better come up with a franchise to run. And thus is born Sinorama, which is 30 some years old now. So Ray's been never been through a pandemic like the rest of us, but Ray's been through the thick and thin of franchising in the last 30 some years. And with multiple brands that he operates at United Franchise Group, guys like Ray have seen things happen before, seen lots of bad things and lots of good things, never loses faith in franchising. Uh, the same for a guy like Madison Job, who is a franchise development expert. And I knew Madison 30 years ago, and he's worked in always in food and always on the development side, sometimes on the operations side. But right now he's in charge of development at Wingstop. And I had him on one of my conferences. Now, I looked for people who could come on and say, not only we're going to be okay, even though I can't give you any definites about that, but here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing to help our franchisees. Here's what we're hearing from our franchisees. So we've had a lot of that in the last week and a half through the uh, three webinars that we've done, and we're, we're planning to do more webinars because the audience has been very grateful and appreciative. I get lots of follow-up. It's introducing the Titus Center to people who didn't know about us before because they're free. Anybody can jump on our calls. We then post them on our conferences page at Titus Center for Franchise franchising.com. People go there and they pick which conference they want to watch. They're all about an hour in length. And uh, so we'll do more of these because there is a need for people to believe that we're going to come through this pandemic, but also for them to understand how franchising and how franchisors and franchisees are doing it, what they're doing to get through this. John Madison's a good friend of mine, not quite 30 years, but he's been a peer and a good friend for many years for me as well. Madison, though, has the good fortune of heading up development for a brand who is open and operating through this pandemic. In fact, they may even be flat or even a little up over this time yeah. last year in their comp sales. What's your counsel to those franchisors who they're dark? They've got payrolls yeah. and they've got franchisees who can't do business. And so what have you heard through this past series of webinars to help yeah. those franchisors stave off the uncertainty that leads to fear and panic? And ultimately panic, we all know, just goes no place but collapse. So there is some of that happening where they just have to shut down for a period of time. If, if they can do the uh, delivery or the uh, takeaway, carry out, then they're staying in business. And, and a lot of them are able to do that. But in some cases, franchisees can't find employees. Employees are afraid, and understandably so. So it's difficult for some to staff. 
But what the franchisors are doing, first of all, they need to be doing webinars for their franchisees to keep them close and to help them understand what's going on. A lot of that is happening. And they particularly need to get word about the CARES Act, that $2 trillion package, that there's some confusion. People thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me. It's for big businesses. Or it doesn't apply to me. I'm a franchise. No, it applies to businesses. It applies to small businesses. Every small business qualifies to go get a piece of the CARES Act. And then there was some confusion about my franchise brand isn't an SBA approved brand. So I won't. No, that's not the case either. This has nothing to do with uh, franchising, this CARES Act. This has nothing to do specifically with franchising or with you being on an SBA list of any kind. If you're a small business, and particularly if you have payroll, you can get two and a half times your monthly payroll, most of which can be forgiven if you pay it out to your employees and keep people employed. So that's been very important in the last week uh, because you know the local banks are processing these loans, but some of the banks don't know anything about it yet or how to do it. And uh, the longer you wait, the more difficult it is and the longer it's going to take to get the money. But there are people who are already are in the process of applying for those loans. So franchisors, are busy doing that. They're also looking, and this is a great time for them to start thinking about, should we change the footprint of our business? And should we add drive-through or should we add some form of takeaway or delivery that they usually already have, but in some cases not? Or is there something else that now is the time for us to be studying that we're really going to roll out this new opportunity for our franchisees when we come back from this. So I had the COO of Edible Arrangements on one of the webinars. And so they have, uh, instead of flower bouquets, they have fruit bouquets at Edible Arrangements. But now they also have vegetable bouquets. Mm. And um, of course, they're studying, they're looking at how to better use technology during this time to reach customers. They're thinking about their footprint as well. Do they need to be in a traffic area? Can they be in an area where maybe the rent could be cheaper in the future? Maybe the size of the investment can be smaller. And then all of these franchisors are studying or should be, I hope that they said all, but most of the ones I talk to, they either are doing it or they're understanding that you've got to be thinking now about what happens when things start to flatten out and things become safe again and people actually start picking up a magazine or going online or going to a trade show uh, again for franchising. How are you going to start recruiting franchisees and how are you going to handle the amount of prospects that you're very likely going to get in a time of uh, unemployment when people will look to using their 401k, doing a rollover with their 401k to be able to invest in a franchise. How are you going to accommodate that, particularly if you don't have employees now as the franchisor, if you've had to send people home, you have had to lay off people. And of course, franchisors can apply for that CARES Act too and keep their employees uh, employed and keep their employees engaged in planning for the future. We don't know when impact is going to occur and when the free fall is going to stop. And we all know that the fear that we are experiencing both on Wall Street and Main Street isn't going to quit until we have that impact. But to the point you've just made, franchisors that aren't spending at least 10% of their time thinking ahead to what they're going to do after impact occurs are going to find themselves hit by a tsunami of lost opportunity. Because I think franchising franchise prospects are going to be a many. And those who haven't, A, taken care of their franchisees through this 
horrible pandemic aren't going to have the greatest of validation, are they? So for yeah, that reason exactly. alone, they should be taking care of their franchisees now and doing the right thing there. But to yeah. your point, they've got to be prepared for what comes next. And if they're not planning ahead, they're going to find themselves in an even worse dilemma. And hopefully they're not going to let that happen to themselves. John, you've been doing some forward thinking. You told me about an idea you had taking a walk just a day or two ago. Share that yeah. with the audience. Yeah, when I recruit students for the concentration in franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic, I tell them, I promise you, I'll get you a job. If you earn the concentration in franchising and you're a good student, you, you have a good work ethic, I promise you, I will find you a job and I'm pretty sure you will have multiple opportunities in franchising if you earn the concentration in franchising. And I feel confident, at least I have up until this point of time, feel confident that I can actually deliver on that promise. And so far, I, had, I haven't had to help anybody. As soon as my students are introduced to franchisors, maybe through a program on campus or other things that we've done, there are opportunities. One of my graduates in May got his fingers crossed that he will still have his job in Germany. He was the German Franchise Association fellow through the Titus Center uh, this year. And a franchisor, Body Street, in Munich has recruited him and offered him an opportunity. He had two or three opportunities, uh, but this, this one is outside the United States. So this young man is hoping that in June, things will be post-pandemic and he will be able to get over to Germany and start his new job. O others are working for Chick-fil-A. I have several of my graduates and several students at Chick-fil-A and at United Franchise Group and at TBC Corporation and Sloan's Ice Cream. And I'm constantly looking for companies that want to hire my students. Well, now we're sort of in a lull. And it, so it occurred to me on my walk, why don't I put six to 10 of my students on a conference and we'll produce their resume and we'll post that online. And then we'll invite franchisors or franchise employers. We'll invite them on the conference and meet my students and hire my students. So I want to do a matchmaking type thing. I think this is a good idea. Uh, the students love the idea. I've bounced it off a couple of franchise folks since I talked to you, and they thought it was a good idea. So that should be one of my future conferences. I'm going to call it uh, Hire My Students or Hire a Titus Center Student or something like that. And see if I can help my students during this time get internships lined up for the fall, maybe summer as well, and help those who have graduated or will graduate get them lined up for, for jobs. Because as we know, the onslaught of interest in franchising is coming probably by the fall. Maybe it'll start sooner, but by the fall. And having a new hire particularly entry level who can hit the ground running and can talk about a disclosure document, that's going to be a great asset to uh, franchisors. But same could be for a, you're a multi-unit franchisee and you need somebody in your training or your operations who understands franchising and maybe who wants to become a franchisee, or maybe of your concept at some point. Uh, well, that's that's another huge advantage to hire this kind of a student. So I'm hoping that's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. And, and three or four names pop into my mind immediately of people who should be participating with you on that program, not the least of right. whom would be Therese and Gary, Tom Portizi, yeah. and Scott Lair. They should be all over this kind of a concept. Right. Anything I can do yeah. to help with that, John, you've got my pledge of support as well. Yes. Well, okay. I will be coming to you because you are a member of our advisory board, which I appreciate, Stan. And so is Tom Portizi. So is Gary. Scott Lair is not at this point, but maybe in the future. But I will contact our 40-member advisory board and say,
say, do you want to be on this and interview my students? And who do you know who ought to be on this program? And let's get the word out. So we'll be doing that soon. We've got only a few minutes left. Enough time for me to ask you if there's anything that you wish that I've asked you that I didn't, John. I don't think uh, anything that you didn't ask me. I think that we need to do all that we can to uh, be grateful for this franchise community that we have and for the people like you and, and, and like myself, but people who are out there who are willing to give time to help Palm Beach Atlantic University, but to help the greater franchise community as well. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I appreciate it. I'm proud to be part of the franchise community. Proud to, to have friends, peers, and professionals like you guiding the ship. John, contact info for those who want to get back in touch with you. You can go to Titus Center for Franchising.com, and that's the easiest way if you want to go online, or if you want to send an email, Titus underscore center at pba.edu. And either one will work. Titus Center for Franchising.com is a great place to go because you can see our advisory board. You can go through our conferences. You can learn more about our educational program. I can't thank you again enough for all the things that you do to promote thank you. the good of the order in the world of franchising. Dr. John Hayes, Titus Professor for Franchise Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Thank you, Stan. This was Dr. Hayes' second appearance on Franchise Today. We barely even scratched the surface. John is a walking encyclopedia of franchising, and he absolutely loves to teach and share. I can't thank him enough for doing some of that here today for all of us on Franchise Today. I know you're all hearing plenty of this from wherever you turn, but please continue to minimize unnecessary interaction with others. Whether you're sick or not, you can be asymptomatic and feel just fine, but you could still be infected. That would make you very dangerous to others in your orbit. Who better than those in franchising to understand that the actions of one can have implications on many? So please, behave responsibly and hopefully, prayerfully, we'll find our way out of this sooner than later. For now, please continue to stay safe and continue to do the best that you can. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.